Ladies and gentlemen, we are back for the second edition, episode two of the EKN Debrief Podcast. Rob Haddon alongside David Cole. And again, this new podcast program, part of the EKN Radio Network, where David and I will take uh, the time to kind of look back on what happened on the weekend that was, uh, the racing that took place. Uh, If there's any big news, we'll hit on that as well. Again, just Getting things rolling with our new podcast program. David and I have a couple of new ideas that are uh, its kind of on the drawing board of what we may be able to bring to this EKN Radio Network. But again, just really new, really raw, and, and we're having a good time doing it right now. Uh, this particular broadcast, uh, this particular debrief, uh, is being presented by Franklin Motorsports. We want to thank Franklin for being a longtime partner of eCardingNews.com. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. And of course, you can check out our EKN partner at franklincart.com. David Cole, it's been busy in the newsroom at ecartingnews.com. I just want you to know this off the top. The ESPN cuts, the firings, will not go as deep as ecartingnews.com. I want you to know that. Well, that's good because there's not a lot of people to fire. Not many left. Can you believe that? Let's just let's talk sports off the top of this deal. You know, I know you're a big sports guy. Anytime we're in a hotel room somewhere at a race, ESPN goes on pretty quickly. I think under the, under the TV when we walk in after uh, a days at the at the races, dude, you got nobody left to watch now. Well, you're not, you got the sports. It's just the people surrounding these broadcasts and the news outlets and stuff like that. I mean, it's. I, li- I listen to Dan Patrick a lot, and he's a former member of the uh, the mothership. And the mothership. That's what he calls it. It's awesome. Yeah. It, it, he kind of understands what's going on because he's been there. He knows what's go- what the monster that ESPN is, and and the money that they're paying to put on these broadcasts for these sporting events. It's it's insane. It's astronaut astronomical. It's just. And so you got to make cuts somewhere. It's it's just kind of like what we see with with uh, economics in the world. World, um, world market. You know what, Dave? It's funny. I was talking to somebody about it earlier today, and, and I said it, it's kind of like having one of those uh, major sports teams where you're, you're trying to build a dynasty and you're keeping guys. Like you'll get, you'll get a rookie guy and you keep him for four or five years. And after four or five, six years in that in that market, they're they're demanding big bucks. And that's you know you look at some of the I, I looked on Twitter and a, a lot of these guys that are getting you know obviously got canned from ESPN have been there for four, five, six, seven, eight years. And when you're on your second, third contract, that's when you start asking for more and more money. I, I can just imagine the budget was just so overloaded. And of course, with indus- the industry changing as it is, just just wild to see it happen. So it's such a broad stroke in terms of just uh, cutting budget. Yeah, you're, you're right in that aspect because there's a lot of media markets out there now, or outlets, I should say, now in in the major motorsports avenue. Uh, I mean, you look at even NASCAR. Yeah, you know there, there's a, there's so many different uh, media outlets covering the sport. Uh, there's more and more, not necessarily more and more in IndyCar, but uh, it, it, that's kind of it. That's kind of what it's hurting IndyCar is it just hasn't expanded outside that inner inner circle as far yeah. as as media. Yeah, and you know I think the funny thing about it, when it comes to media right now, it's so easy for people to put a podcast on, and there's lots of. There's lots of educated people out there that are, are knocking podcasts out, or they've got a website where they're or a blog where they're you know they're providing commentary on the sport, and it's just changing. I think it's just changing. And of course, we're excited to do our own podcast now, brand new, and we're going to ready to rock on that. And 
and kind of develop a bunch of new shows that will be part of the EKN radio network. And of course, David, it's just you and I right now and our, and our budgets, our budget's holding tight. So I think we'll be able to put food on the table for at least the foreseeable future. Well, thanks. Thanks for informing me that because, you know, I, I got to start hitting LinkedIn and, or something, you know? No, you're good, David. You're good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> LinkedIn. You're good. Hey, obviously, at the top of the, uh, the the debrief here, we'll give a shout out to everyone who is is tuning in. We had, uh, I think, over 125 people tuning into the first podcast, which I, I thought was good, considering the fact that we really didn't promote it that much out of the box. We just kind of threw it up on social media and said, have a listen. And, uh, and I'm hoping they'll be back and it'll be something regular that they do. Uh, uh, before we get into some of the weekend racing, David, and, and look at the numbers and and what we saw at you know, the F Series at Route 66, uh, some big news, of course, coming through this week. Uh, huge, actually. You know, the Rock Cup guys are are working hard, and and you know, I guess in the shadow of, or you know, at least in the the last couple of days after what happened with Rotex and Max Speed, with the Rotex, of course, taking a big hit. Uh, we see that the Challenge of America is going to bring in the Rock Cup next year, so. It'll be a new engine. It'll be a new sound. It'll be just a new, I guess, a new atmosphere to us. Not maybe not a new atmosphere, but a new, new technology, new uh, new material for the Challenge of the Americas and Andy Saisman next year. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get a different atmosphere. I think it's still going to yeah. be the same type of program that Andy's been putting on for the last 10 years. That is the challenge. It's basically just a kind of new look to that atmosphere in different colors. There's not going to be the red uh, Rotax banners put up that's going to be the rock colors uh, put out and, and that's one thing that the rock program has been able to do is is really dress up their events so I think that's one thing that we're going to see uh, they're going to have looking at the release that they sent out they're going to have a lot more support uh, engine wise for the uh, for the teams that are taking part in the event and uh, and there's a lot of incentives too to run the uh, Challenge in the Americas now. Well, you know, one of the things we saw in there was the fact that uh, there will be a Rock Cup International Finals tickets as well, uh, I believe, for 2018 for next year, obviously, with the Winter Series getting done. And I, I had a chance uh, to be the announcer for, for a couple of years of that Rock Cup International Final at, at South Garda. And uh, great event. Those guys know how to put on an event. There's no doubt about it. Uh, uh, Vortex and OTK, they put a first-class show on. And there's only four classes. It's not jam-packed full of categories, lots of downtime. It's more of a relaxed atmosphere. I really enjoyed going to the Rock Cup International Final. I hope to do it again soon. And, and David, I think you'd love being able to go over there as well. The racing is it, spectacular. So, you know, it's it's a big move. I think numero uno, it's just a big move. It's bold. It's a little risky just because, you know, obviously Rock doesn't have that national penetration uh, that some other categories have, have had in the, in, in the past. But Again, as you said, and you, I corrected myself because I was wrong, the atmosphere is not going to change. Andy Sazemore and his crew put on a great, uh, great event. The atmosphere is always fun, and, and uh, I think you're going to see that again in 2018. Yeah, and we're going to have more uh, from Andy's point of view uh, with an exclusive interview that we're doing. We're writing it up right now. Where him and Amiya are going back and forth right now with some question and answers. And we're going to get our first taste of it this summer when uh, they have an event on the West Coast, rocking the West Coast. And so we're going to talk to him more about that in our interview and kind of get just the early stages of that event. What is it going to be like? What's it going to do for uh, for rock? And and even there, they're going to possibly hand out some tickets to this year's uh, yeah. rock, uh, rock Cup International Finals. So that, that'll be interesting to see uh, what what entails there. So again, that's uh, that's fresh from the news desk. And David Cole, of course, the uh, the managing editor of eCardingNews.com. 
David, let's jump into uh, the debrief. Let's have a look back. Let's rewind to the, to the weekend. Uh, the F-Series back at it. Of course, they got things kicked off in a big way uh, at GoPro. Uh, 176 entries, up about 15 entries from 2016. Of course, all these numbers coming from the online uh, results pages. Uh, 176 entries. They go to New Jersey Motorsports Park. And not surprising, a bit of a drop down to 144. But And you and I talked about it before. I'm, I'm not real surprised. They're up a little bit from last year uh, when they ran the race in Englishtown. Uh, a lot of guys like to go early to GoPro to get a feel for that track and, and you know, kind of get dialed in there as well. But the bottom line is F-Series, another good weekend, 144 entries. They, they got challenged by rain. Uh, but again, guys having a good time. And again, like the, like the challenge, you know, everything we hear about uh, the F-Series, is, is there's a great atmosphere there as well. Yeah, and I think their program being a two-day program really helps the the regional and even local guys to come up and do it. Um, we see that at the, the pro cart challenge out on the West coast doing a two day format and they, they're, they're getting record numbers over the last couple of years. Texas pro cart challenges moved to the two day uh, format as well this year. Um, they've, they've kind of only, they've only had the two events so far, so it's kind of early to tell what they do, but you look at the results through the F series and it's a lot of names that we're not too familiar with on the national scene. So it's a lot of regional guys, local guys that just want to come up and, and do some racing. You know, David, you look at some of the, uh, some of the different areas, of course, like you said, Texas pro car challenge, uh, the, the California series on the West coast, Pacific Northwest, you've got the ICAF region six and, and Mike Rollison's uh, Can-Am karting challenge. You go into Florida, you, you know, you look at USPKS and, and route 66, route 66 being kind of their regional USPKS being kind of a regional national deal. And it's uh, for me, I'm really happy to see a, a series forming and really starting to grow roots and getting supported in the Northeast. That's something I think that was really important. And, and I think that the F series has really brought that to that region of the country. Yeah. They've been able to tap into a market and provide a great program for these, these racers that want to do it. Uh, th- there's been other regional programs in the area and it just didn't seem to catch on like this has, you know, Marco puts a lot of effort and time and money into this program and I think it's really paying off with the numbers that he's receiving and, and the overall uh, positive feedback that you get from the racers who race it. Let's have a look at some of the other uh, results, some of the winners of the F-Series uh, this particular past weekend. Uh, Josh Lane again going in there, the wild thing, putting on a show in, in the, the uh, Shifter Honda class in the KZ category as well. And that's kind of one of the things, uh, David, the FC, uh, F-Series is kind of known for. right? They, they've been that series uh, in the country that really has still embraced the KZ program. And they've got a bunch of guys that, that come out each and every race to, to, to battle it out in the KZ. Well, the, the, the shifter part of their program is, is coming from the Northeast Shifter Cart Series that was actually developed and created through the AKN forums. It was, it was just guys that wanted to get together and go racing. And so that, that program eventually evolved and the F-Series took it over. But like you said, it's, it's a place where guys can go with, with their old KZs, their new KZs, their old Hondas, their new Hondas, and just go out and, and race and have a good time. And the other thing that separates the F-Series, too, is for their tag divisions, instead of doing a qualifying pre-final final or just a couple of heat races in a final, they do three, three races to help determine the, the overall points total for the day. So that's, that's where we get the three different winners and three different races for each class. And then at the end of the day, they kind of put the points together from the three races, and that's your overall winner. 
and they don't have those points available, so we weren't able to kind of go through that. But we kind of have an idea of, of the drivers who were able to to conquer that New Jersey Motorsport Park track uh, in the wet. Yeah, we're trying to, of course, work together with the guys at F-Series, Marco and his crew, to, to make sure we can get some results coming towards us here. And that's one of the things, of course, we'll be doing here with the debrief, and, that, and that's connecting with uh, the organization. So they're going to be able to get us information real quickly. Because, we, we, of course, we're, we're recording this on Thursday, ideally getting it up later today or into Friday. And, and our goal is to try to get this, this thing done a little earlier in the weekend so that you can come back after a weekend, have a podcast to listen to on the way to work. Uh, David, let's move from F-Series to, to Route 66. They were able to get things fired up. And although down a little bit from 2016, that series, uh, of course, opening up at Newcastle this past weekend, still so strong, 156 entries each day for Route 66. Yeah, Mark Coates has put a lot of a lot of uh, time and effort. Just kind of what you see with Andy and the Challenge in Americas, I believe the Route 66 is in its 16th season now, uh, and it it's had to uh, to go up against other regional programs in the Midwest area. And and basically, the Route 66 is the program that local drivers, regional drivers, and you see a lot of national drivers take part in this program. Uh, in the Yamaha classes and the uh, in the tag categories as well. Yeah, you look at some of the winners here, David. I know you fired me over some sheets and, and see Brandon Lemke back at it again. He tops uh, Alexander Kardashian and Dakota Pesek in the RLV Yamaha Senior Class uh, in uh, Merlin Racing Cards IAMI X30. Armin Kapkusik with the win over Mick Gabriel. Uh, and again, just look to some of the some of the other categories that they run, which is good to see. The, the Yamaha Junior, uh, James Lynch won there. It's I just love seeing the fact that these are the, the regional classes that are running in that region of the country. And that's We've talked about this so many times, David, you and I, ad nauseum, that you can't have a regional series unless you're running the classes that run in your region. <laughs> you need to draw from the local clubs to make a regional series successful. Well, that's exactly it. And what's what's funny about the Route 66, their biggest class is the Yamaha Senior Category. I think almost all the events last year had over 30 drivers. This Man. this weekend they had 31 and you look at you look at the other program that Mark puts on the United States Pro Kart Series, and they were struggling with Yamaha engines at that at that senior level or Yamaha cl- entries, not engines, but uh, and so they made the move to the KA one hundred. So it's you know it there there is a bit of difference between regional and national level competition and and just needs and wants. Yeah, I don't know about it. I I, re, I just like looking at these results and seeing, and as you said, seeing lots lots of drivers, especially in the Yamaha category. However, we kind of evolve, whether it's in the the, the IME X30, the KA, the Rock, whatever it may be. That Yamaha still, even though it's it's yeah, it's such an uh, an aging engine in terms of the technology. You know, we talk about a, a, a two cycle karting engine. It's an air pump, and that the Yamaha just works so darn good. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, and there and there's a lot of them to go around. Um, you know, there there's obviously some some talk about you know though there's there's secret cylinders here, secret cylinders there. But you get that with any type of engine. It it just still boils down to the driver has to drive it, and and we see time after time after time the good drivers are eventually going to find their way to the front, and and it's this great draft battle all the way to the end, especially at a track like Newcastle where you get the big drafts. Yeah. And and it and it boils down to the last lap, last corner, and it's always going to come down to that. You know, David, one of the things that you, you talk about that draft, you talk about guys, uh, you know, getting nose to tail and pushing a little bit. 
Well, one of the, the issues at, at the USPKS opener at GoPro was the fact that Mark Coates brought out that uh, the pushback bumper system and the first time they used it. And, you know, there was guys that were getting penalized. They had issues just going over top of the curbing. There was guys that, you know, thought they shouldn't have got penalized that didn't know how the bumper was pushed back. Kind of got a second run at it here at the Route 66, same staff. So, you know, it looks to me like it's going in the right direction. Yeah, it has its pluses and its minuses, but uh, it's it's a positive right now in the fact that it's eliminating these major turn one first corner incidents that we we've, we've become accustomed to since implementing the this full rear bumper. You know, Dave, uh, I actually had a chance to talk to to Tim Coy in the voice of both the USPKS and the Route 66 about just that, and and here's what what Tim had to say. Well, Tim, thank you so much for joining us here on the debrief. I do appreciate it. Uh, you guys got a couple of races in the books already. Of course, the opening round of the USPKS at GoPro Motorplex in Mooresville. And then just this past weekend, the Route 66 series got going at Newcastle Motorsports Park. Of course, you as the voice of the both series. Let's let's talk about how you think, think things went uh, down at GoPro, the opening round of USPKS. How did it go to kick off the season? Well, Rob, thanks for having me. I certainly appreciate the opportunity to talk about uh, the series. You know, anytime you put a microphone in front of me, there's going to be plenty to talk about. Um, yeah, Mooresville, it was uh, it was a great weekend. We had beautiful weather. I mean, it seems like every year we go there and it rains and rains and rains, and it did not rain this year. Um, so we had not so much competition that weekend with two uh, significant races running in Florida and all that kind of stuff. So I don't think we were too upset with what we had there. Um, it was good racing though. A lot of great racing. We had zero crashes in the first corner, um, which was traditionally a problem. And, uh, that's always big, of course. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, it was pretty exciting. Uh, GoPro has updated their, uh, pit exit lane. So you're actually coming onto the track a little bit further down, which, uh, helps during qualifying practice and that kind of stuff. It doesn't uh, change a whole lot about the race starts, but, uh, you know, it definitely was a good time, and they were good hosts for us. We got to work on their PA system, though. We had a lengthy discussion about that. <laughs> you know, we, we talk about that a lot. I, I go to a lot of tracks around the country, and you'll get there, and, and they'll hand you some old old mic or something doesn't work, and people scream at you that, that they can't hear you, and that's obviously disappointing. But that's, And that's one of the things that a lot of facilities need to up, update. I've had some good luck down there, but I haven't been down at GoPro in, in a number of years, so... Yeah, they've got... Uh, Let me tell you this. They've got some antiquated stuff, but they're working on it. That happens. That happens. Let's Okay, let's let's move into the numbers. Uh, you know, looking, of course, at the results that we saw, the KA100 program really taken off in, in, with the, uh, the USPKS. Good numbers down there at GoPro. Yeah, the KA100 was, uh, in my opinion, uh, it, there's nobody watches more races than me, you know, at these events, and... And it was, without a doubt, the best racing. There's no question the the level of skill and uh, experience in that field varied from Alex Bertignoli, who is, you know, the reigning Scusa Junior Champion uh, and probably the most underrated driver from 2016, all the way down to some guys who've been retired from racing for years and knowing everything in between. So it was definitely, it was uh, great racing and uh, very exciting and very even engines. That was the that was the big topic of the weekend. That and their reliability. Yeah. 
you know, and I think that was obviously a big topic of discussion. People wanted to see how this engine was going to roll out and, of course, see how many guys would jump on board. And, of course, the feedback itself was pretty solid, which, which was big. Uh, obviously, Tim, one of the major talking points was going to be we knew it going in and we knew it coming out that it was going to be the pushback bumper. Uh, obviously, you know, Mark Coates made the decision to do this. He was the first guy essentially in the in the country to drop the hammer and say, I'm doing it. And you knew you were going to get some fallout because it was going to penalize some people. And those guys were going to, of course, bitch about the penalty. Now, it's obviously a work in progress. You were there. You were on site. And, of course, you, of course, uh, also, you know, interacted with some of the guys that were on Facebook and on, on social media uh, complaining about it and potentially discussing what can be done. What, what are your thoughts first on the track, the track side, how it went throughout the weekend? You already said that it, that it helped the first corner. You didn't have, have as many wrecks in the opening corners of the races. Overall, what were your thoughts on how it affected the weekend first? Overall, I think uh, there was there was two things I took away from it that were very important. Uh, one of them is overall the racing, in my opinion, was not sacrificed at all. There were some concerns that by uh, we were going to be scaring the drivers into not racing each other as hard, and in fact, it was really just the opposite. Now, instead of moving somebody out of the way with their nose cone. Uh, they had to work harder to go in and get alongside them under braking situations. And it actually changed the dynamic of the way people drove. And we saw it again last weekend at Newcastle, but we'll get to that. But it definitely was, yeah. uh, you know, the, the racing was still very good. And then the second thing that the, the complaints that there was really just a few people that were very vocal. But I can tell you that after two events now running that bumper, the number of people who are loving it has grown, you know, exponentially. We, we continue to get positive feedback that don't go back, don't go back. We needed this in the worst way. And a lot of those people were people, a lot of those people were people who were finding themselves sitting in the infield in the past. And, you know, we're, we're getting fed up with kart racing. Yeah, you're right. And I'm not surprised that it took a couple of weekends for people to get used to it. Uh, obviously, we heard some issues about about some people just maybe the bumper pushing back because they were going over top of a, a curb or whatever they were getting into, uh, you know, halfway back on either side. Of course, that's the, that's the work in progress side of it. Did you have as much of that at Route 66 as maybe the complaints you had at USPKS? Uh, no, and definitely not. We had... We had more racers at Route 66, and but we had uh, we had a, actually had less you know per racer penalties. And part of it was yeah. we uh, we reduced the penalty initially. It was 10 seconds no matter what happened. Newcastle Newcastle event we reduced it to five seconds per side because we surveyed the ones that were coming in, pushed in, and most of them were just in one corner. So we decided to go back to go to just five per side, which is what what a lot of them in Europe do. But then in addition to that, we also said in the final, if you want do you think that you were, you know, you guys spun out in front of you, you, you had nowhere to go, that kind of stuff. You could present GoPro evidence, and if that was the case, they would revert. And they did actually revert a number of penalties because people produced evidence. Um, there were still people who barked about it a little bit that, you know, just – they didn't feel like it was worth their time to produce evidence, but those were people that were probably in the back anyway. Um, so, you know, I understand. I I personally like that 
I like the fact that if Go, the GoPro video, whatever videos people are using it, are becoming more commonplace, I like the fact that we can potentially use that. But the only way I like using it, the video, and I'm, I expect you probably agree, is in that kind of a protest time. I don't want guys running up and saying, here's my GoPro, this guy took me out, or whatever it may be. I like the fact that, hey, you know what? When it comes to the bumpers, you can use that GoPro. I think that's fantastic. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that it had a positive effect on a lot of people because, again, it's just proof that the, that the system works, and it, and when it does work, and it, it works in a, in a when, when the, the bumper pushes back when you're in contact that wasn't your fault, and you can do the video. I like that. I think that's a great great step forward. Yeah, it was definitely something that really when we sat down and we looked at, it, we just said this makes sense. And what our biggest fear was that we were going to have uh, to review a hundred GoPro videos in a day, and it just didn't end up being the case. Partly because we said we're not going to accept protests on the bumper in the heat races. We're only going to accept them in the final events. And we just kind of had to draw the line there. And at least that's, well, you know, what Tim, was, that's what it was for this weekend. And, you know, we'll be continuing to evaluate the situation. Again, work in progress, as we said. And, and you said it from the very beginning. The, there's going to be less protests because there's simply going to be less contact. As people realize, hey, I can't hammer this guy anymore. Or I can't do the bump and run on this guy. Or I can't push at the start. There's going to be less bumpers pushed back. There's just going to be less protests. You know what I mean? You said it from, from the very beginning. From USPKS to Route 66, there was better racing. And the next time both of these series get going, the racing will be better again. Absolutely. And one thing that I was really surprised uh, is how much pushing you could still do in a straight line and not dislodge the bumper. Everybody was worried. Well, be- <laughs> Everybody was worried that it was going to kill the drafting at Newcastle and all that kind of stuff, and it did nothing of the kind. They still were able to push and not dislodge it. Nice. That you know, if that's indeed the case, of course, David Cole and I haven't had a chance to do much testing with it yet, but we will. But uh, that's great. That's really, really good to hear. Let's now let's, let's wrap up. Let's uh, we kind of talked about USPKS already. Let's talk a little bit just about as we wrap up. The atmosphere at the Route 66. It's been such a great series over the last uh, couple of years. I know that I know that this particular weekend was down just a little bit, a couple of entries. I think 100 and, over 155 each day for entries, which is amazing for for a regional program. What, as the announcer, the guy on site, what was your feeling on the atmosphere, the vibe at the track? Uh, I thought it was it was it was it was when 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 my son t- uh, the first time. It was really just this. You know, teeny tiny regional series that had a real big local kind of following, you know. But it was all based out of Springfield, Illinois, and they didn't go very far to travel. The furthest north they went is Norway and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's really, it's it's kept kind of that fun vibe to it. But uh, now the, the, the stage is so much bigger. It's a larger series. We had 165 one day, 166 the other day, something like that. And uh, it, but the level of quality in the tech and the officiating is just gone through the roof. I mean, it's nothing compared to what it was back then. And I'm not saying it was bad then. I'm just saying that today's technology requires you to be so much more thorough at that stuff. Yeah, most definitely. Obviously, a great starts to both programs, both USPKS and Route 66. Tim Goyan, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, no problem. Thanks for your time. Well, David, that's... Uh... Great insight uh, from Tim Coley. Of course, as he said, he watches essentially more races than anybody else out there. And he was very pleased with the, with the pushback bumper. And I personally just like the way they kind of made the evolution and kind of approached it a little bit differently. You're going to, yeah, you're going to get that throughout the season. It, it's something brand new. 
we we saw it with with other products that have been implemented into the sport it just kind of takes time and and the this isn't the first version of the bumper i mean we saw europe take care of this or implement this a couple years ago and in overall people were just like this is a disaster and well they've they've refined it retuned it a little bit and now it's a little bit better now we just have to get used to uh the system that's in place right now so again, moving through, let's uh, well, just talked, of course, about the F-Series, the Route 66 program as well, all events that happened this past weekend. Again, this is our second episode of the EKN Debrief, Rob Howden alongside David Cole. Let's move into hashtag Operation Grassroots, David. It's, it's kind of a rebirth again over in Colorado, the Colorado Karting Tour getting rolling here to start 2017. 91 entries and 25 in 206 senior. How many places around the country, David, are we seeing the 206 being that, uh, well, that kind of the, building the of a new foundation? Is the perfect entry level package for for karting right now. Uh, it, it used to be Yamaha. You know, we used to see a lot of drivers start off in Yamaha. We used to see back in the day it was the flathead. Uh, I got started on the flathead. A lot of drivers that were that came up through the 90s. Even even in a little bit in the late '80s, started off with a flathead. Uh, it, it just it's a great economic uh, starting point. It's a great uh, speed starting point. It, it gets you from those rental carts that you see at the racetracks, or you know, and gets you into a racing cart. So it, it you know. And it's low tech too. I know, David. When I first started back in the '90s, we were all running overhead valve Hondas up in Canada, and I loved how cool the Yamahas were, and and again, you know how fast they were. But I was, you know, I was. It was a little daunting jumping into something like Yamaha when, when all you had to do with a Honda exactly. was bolt it on them you and know, it, pull a ripcord. Similar and go. to what Rotax actually used to be. You used to be, you know, Rotax was a sealed, it's a sealed engine, but you have to take it to a service center. Well, this is a sealed engine at the bottom half. And you can't touch it at all. So, uh, you know, that's at least a starting, a great starting point for people that are new to the sport or people that want to just get back in slowly and not start off at, at either a two-cycle Yamaha or even a tag or shifter. It's just a great starting point. One of the things that you and I are, are so excited about, and of course big big partners with Briggs & Stratton, is, uh, is the Briggs Weekly Racing Series. Finally getting things underway. We're, what, the first quarter of, this, of the year kind of in the books, the first three months. And they've got their first uh, their first listing in the senior and junior category. Fill us in on uh, well, it's, who are it's the top dogs in right early, now here in the we're U.S. We're only getting a few races that are coming in. Uh, I believe there's only been oh, – there's there's some some places have had four races already counted in. And you gotta you got to love the warm weather states. Know, you know, they're, know. They have the ability to do that where – we're struggling here in the in the northern part of, of North America. Thankfully, getting warmer, but it's just no tracks are having races yet. Uh, right right now, David Vasquez of the Tri C Carters that we talked about last week, and we continue to talk about on eCarding News. Uh, they've had three races into the series into the season now, and and he's leading uh, the uh, the Briggs Weekly Racing Series program right now uh, over. The two other uh, fellow Tri-C Carters, Mike Smith and Mark Connell. And so uh, that, that program is really growing. That's one of the uh, the great aspects of the Briggs Weekly Racing Series is is getting these, these uh, clubs that are trying to rebuild. You get them on board with the Briggs program, and they're seeing record numbers in the last, over the last couple of years. 
Yeah. A junior is actually what it's, about the junior it's, category? it's weird, but it's Goodwood up in Ontario. Well, they start so early. They, they don't. They're yeah, out there they, like did the driving cold rain out there driving. I see them on Facebook. Well, they, yeah, I mean, there, there's the no doubt the Vallejo it. family up there who owns the uh, Goodwood Cartways. They they just want to go racing no matter what. I mean, they're always down at the Florida Winter Tour racing down there, racing in other warmer countries. I I, I believe I saw Daniel racing in Colombia a couple a couple weeks ago. So uh, you know they're always yeah, any, if if there's no snow on the ground, I'm sure the track's open. That's right. I'm probably sorry. Marco yes. down there. I think yeah, Dana right. may have hung the helmet. I, 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 he's, he's sometimes you know it's, it, you get confused on which brother is which. I understand. It's kind of like the Jacobellis, right? Something years, I, I always got confused. <laughs> so it, it is. It's exactly right. That's right, J and J. That's there. You go. That's why you just call them Mister Jacobelli every time you see them, and then you're never wrong. So Liam Ortlieb, actually the leader in the junior category again, as, as David said. At Goodwood Cartways, the track just uh, uh, east, or, yeah, essentially east of Toronto. We'll move. We'll move from from our Operation Grassroots uh, segment right now into the race that you and I are, are, are kind of looking forward to. Now, first off, I'm heading to Bermuda tomorrow morning. Uh, Scott Barnes has invited me to come down and enjoy some hospitality at the Dockyard Grand Prix in Hamilton, Bermuda. I'm I'm really excited about this. I, I want to check out this event. I want to check out this Bermuda Karting Club. They seem like a bunch of great guys and. Uh, I think it's going to be fun. It'll be an old school street race. I haven't been able to go to Rock Island recently, uh, as do with my duties with uh, the Mazda Road, the Indian Indy cars. So I'm excited to get back to an old fashioned karting well, little... street race and have go some ahead, fun. I ahead. think it'll be good. Now, I was going to say, it looks you, like it's going go. to be a I lot of fun. Your the, input on this when you're out in the middle of the ocean on an island, I mean, what's 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 better than that? I, I would almost like to see you race at the uh, the regular racetrack they have there at the airport, but. But street racing, no doubt, is 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 always fun to bring bring the sport to people. You know, a lot. it's a tight little short track, and you're right, bringing the sport right to the people. I like that. Okay, the race I was talking about, of course, Dave, the Supercar USA Spring Nationals, the Pro Tour, of course, getting underway uh, back in March at the Winter Nationals at Nola Motorsports Park, but. Really kind of full circle for Supercarts USA is they're going back to where it all started back in 2010. The very first spring nationals, I think, had just either just over or just under 100 drivers in that first race. And I think I'm, I'm pretty sure they're almost a 200 already. And the deadline's not even till Sunday. And then, of course, they get walk-ups. You're probably expecting 230 people there because all I know for sure is that I saw the pit map. <laughs> and it'll be easily the biggest race ever at the car track at Sonoma because they are spilling out to the parking side of the paddock. They're spilling down into the actual industrial park down there with all the, the racing shops. That place well, is going to be Just look at what we saw in Nova, how widespread that paddock it really is. I mean, it's one of the longest paddocks that we have in North America as far as racetracks. But you, and you try and take all of that and condense it down into this little paddock area that they have on the side of Sears Point where the racetrack is in Sonoma. And it's it's a difficult challenge, and and I I, I bet Stan Bernarski uh, from Supercarts USA has been having nightmares over this over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Well, but again, it, it but again, this boils down go? to the I racers know. respecting this fact. You know, the teams and the racers themselves have to realize, okay. We have only so much space. We got to make do with what we have to do. You know, instead of taking up these 
these big ass spaces for for their extra cart stands or 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 their five thousand you know their their five generators and right. Right, you kind of just have to kind of condense that down a little bit, and and so it's it's just the the nature of the beast. It's what we have in Sonoma, but the yeah the the paddock might be the negative of it, but the positive side is the racetrack itself and the area that we're in. I mean, there's nothing better than Sonoma area, Uh, and then the location of the track, looking out on the Sonoma Valley, and the racetrack is is truly amazing to drive. And David, it's if if you had a checklist thing, it checks off the track, it checks off the area, and it checks off that one important little box on your list. <laughs> In and out, of burger. course. And, and, and in about uh, seven days, it's happening, David. Landing in SFO and driving up to one of our famed In and Out stops. I'm not quite sure. Not quite sure if I can wait until after I get over exactly. the bridge or not, but we'll see. Again, we'll be live uh, on eCardingNews.com. We're uh, thrilled to have Russell Carding Specialties as our presenting sponsor of the EKN Live trackside broadcast of this year's Scusa Spring Nationals. Courtney Concepts on board as well uh, as one of our uh, associate sponsors. If any of uh, the other industry members in the sport want to get involved, be part of the broadcast, feel free to, to contact other David and I, and we'll, we'll fill you in. But, uh, David... It's going to be a big race, and I don't care what the engine is. If there's a lot of people out racing and having a good time and burning through consumables, well, that's why we're here, it's right? Good for the for sport. Fun. I mean, I mean, that, that's what the sport boils down to. I mean, it, yeah. politi- politics aside, we're just here to have a good time, and, and that's what it boils down to. That's what the racers want. So, folks, here's a quick preview of the Spring Nationals. That's in about a week and a half time. Let's move now in to the racing calendar brought to you this week by Cambrian Go-Karts. Uh, David, April 29th, 30th, this weekend, I've already said that I'm going to be rolling into Bermuda for the Dockyard Grand Prix, but uh, we mentioned some Yamaha and some big fields we've already seen in Route 66. they got a, a really cool event going on at Norway yeah, this weekend Yamaha as well. Yeah, the Yamaha Shootout is taking that. place at Concept Haulers Motor Speedway just outside the Chicago area. And obviously those that have been in the sport a long time know Norway is one of those difficult racing tracks to, to race on. It's a challenging track, but, uh, the, the, uh, track managers there, Chad Clay is very excited about promoting the track again and putting it back on the map, uh, nationwide. And he's getting a bunch of these Yamaha racers to come out, have a good time in another, you know, two day event, come over Friday for some practice. And then Saturday, join the club program to uh to have a little money race and they're getting about uh almost 30 drivers right now a couple of names we know tony jump uh dakota pesic uh, patrick olsen who's taking a break from his lay down racing to go back to sprint racing and a couple of rock island veterans mike uh michael dittmer mike walsh uh, a lot of a couple of young guns that are trying to move up from junior to senior so it's just another uh you know what karting is about get together have some fun and uh, maybe win a little money on the side as well. 
you know, do, and we've seen this so many times in the sport, have we not? Where it's just it's that little grassroots kind of club uh, effort where people say, "Hey, we're going to do this deal," and one guy jumps on, and another guy jumps on, and all of a sudden, this little kind of grassroots thing gets momentum, and more and more people go, and all of a sudden, you got a great race that's really good for the sport. And I, I'm I'm excited to hear more than thirty, and hopefully, hopefully, with uh, some of the promotion we're giving them here on the debrief, that uh, they may push to forty entries. Uh, the weekend after that, here on the racing calendar, again brought to you by Cambrian Go Karts, May 5, 6, 7, as I already said. David and I will have an EKN live show from the Scusa Spring Nationals. But uh, further east, in fact, way further east, over to South Bend, the 206 Cup uh, will be rolling things up, getting their first uh, run of the year. David, that's uh, that's been another just a great Briggs 206 program. Kind of, yeah, this I'll year is the Midwest, but essentially the Great Lakes uh, area. After a couple of years of promoting one series, they're actually splitting into two divisions. They're having a central and the, I believe, north is what they're calling it. Kind of like taking a, a split between the Indiana-Illinois border, kind of splitting up the region. And uh, South Bend is the first race of the central program. And then we see a couple weeks later they head up into Wisconsin for the north program. So uh, it's a new era for that program. Let's blow through the calendar a little bit. May 13th, 14th, 15th. Really only only one race on the docket that we see here right now. The Championship Enduro Series will kick off their season at uh, Gateway Motorplex. And, and uh, David, uh, we've got an interview that we're working on with uh, Dave Lars from CES. So, uh, EK and readers, uh, stay tuned for that. Be on the lookout for a, for a one-on-one interview with Dave Larson. The big weekend, of course, May 21-22. There is racing uh, all over the country on this particular weekend. Uh, David will be uh, down at Pit Race in Wampum, uh, Pennsylvania, May 19-21, to an EKN live broadcast of the WK Manufacturers Cup Series. Of course, uh, Xander Clemens on the mic with us there. Uh, the uh, Can-Am Karting Challenge uh, out at Tri-Cities in Washington, the first uh, of their three events for Mike Rolson's Can-Am program. The LAKC Series kicking back off at Cal Speed. The San Zero Games Karting Championship up the uh, the coast in Sonoma back in action. Uh, the Colorado Karting Tour running as well at SBR Motorsports. The guys down in Texas, the Texas Sprint Racing Series firing things up at Denton, North Texas Carters. And as David said, the 206 Cup and their North program uh, going to work at uh, Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. And well, like America, you said David, last uh, week, what everybody's a big trying to get is. that one race in before Memorial Weekend. A lot of people take that time to either sit at home and watch Cindy 500 or or the 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 coca-cola 600 or whatever it is now and uh and even uh uh the street race formula one in uh monaco that's true that's true no excuses to not get out on the racetrack on that may 21 22 weekend of course David mentioned the Memorial Day weekend. Of course, three big races across the IndyCar, NASCAR, and Formula One programs, as he said. Uh, KPX, their championship series, getting going again at Fresno that weekend. The F-Series will be on track at Englishtown. And the IKF Region 6 Northwest Gold Cup out in Idaho. David, that is your lineup for uh, essentially the end of April and May here on the Cambrian Go-Karts racing calendar. We do want to thank uh, Cambrian uh, Karting for presenting this week's racing calendar. Cambrian Karting is NorCal's Burrell art dealer and also stocks Briggs, IAMI, and Rotax engines and parts. If you need anything in NorCal, check out Cambrian Karting at CambrianGoKarts.com. David, that rolls through essentially the schedule that we have lined up for this issue of the debrief, episode number two. Uh, podcast kind of getting rolling a little more smoother this time around. 
you know, I talked about that May 21-22 weekend. Uh, are you going to roll that Briggs-powered Illuminos out pretty soon and put the, uh, the new <laughs> Bell helmet on or what? Well, the challenge was was originally for the this weekend. I was thinking way. about taking place, taking part in the Yamaha shootout. Uh, well, unfortunately, I have a baseball game with my son <laughs> Saturday. So it, it kind of taken me out of the running. <laughs> Well, you know what? You're, you're a good, you're a good father, David. You know that you're, you know, you're a good it, father. It's a joy David. to go well, and watch him play baseball. And believe me, I would love to go to the racetrack. But uh, you know, family comes first on a lot of things, and and it's his first game of the season. So definitely got to be there for that. Uh, we're gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be missing a couple of games for the uh, the other two events we're going to in May. So got to do what I got to do. When are we going to see you race now? Put in the time, my friend. Put uh, after in the time. Bermuda, well because nobody's there to see it. It's in Bermuda. Nobody's but, there to see it. Well, listen, there's going to be 5,000 people watching me there. But we don't uh, know any of those 5,000 See if people. I can't get a, when, get a when race When are we going to see the Rob Howden race? <laughs> yeah, you're right. I need to get back at it again soon. Like, I, I listen. Hey, listen. First and foremost... I have points in the Briggs okay, Weekly I, Racing I can, Series. You do not, on. so you can shut hold it. Hold on, hold on. I, I can guarantee I, I like that a- <laughs> by the end of May, I will have more points than you. Uh, well, you know what? That's a good possibility <laughs> because I can't go back to Tri-C. If I'm going to race somewhere up here, it'll be Goodwood or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I not, can't go back to Tri-C because you only there get you one go. track, See? right, with the Briggs, the, the Briggs Weekly Ra- Racing Series. That's why I was saying hey, does, Memorial when Weekend, does, I might be able Ravenna to do a little racing, up? so we'll see. I might have to come well, down, and, down and, Indy, and put a cart yeah? in the back of the truck and come and challenge. Yes. Uh, well, yes. A, uh, you're talking about Memorial Day weekend. Yes, I'll be on pit. I'll be on pit lane see. for the I didn't get that ticket. I didn't get that ticket, so I'm going to go racing. Hey, <laughs> listen. Hey, just to cap this off, how many? It's just for me and, and you. How exciting will it be to watch these kids that we've watched go karting? Uh, over the many years running that 500. I'm so jacked. Whether it's New Garden or Daly or Hinchcliffe or Karam or Chavez uh, or Piggott. It's just, man, it's just it's just weird to think about all these guys that we've watched coming up through the ranks for so many years through karting, the road to Indy. They're all going to be part of this race this year. Well, I'm, it's really I'm cool to so see. For me, for, it's for New guys. Garden be because great. I remember seeing him, this lanky little blonde-haired kid, running running around in this robo-pong cart in a margay. Like, who is this kid? You know, and then to see him go from that and mature up through the karting ranks and then into the open wheel stuff, it's uh, it's been really cool to see him develop uh, as a young man and then uh, see him win a second time now at Barber. Yeah, it was it was really cool to be there at Barber. Of course, I got a chance to uh, be in Victory Lane for IndyCar Radio last year with Joseph when he won in Iowa, and that was that was one of those times where you're trying to interview somebody and kind of kind of hold back a tear a little bit because to see him get from there from karting all the way there. And, and you're right. I look back when when at Joseph and, and Connor <laughs> Daly. I, I think we're getting two for one haircuts. Uh, same bowl. It was. <laughs> Those those old pictures are rough. They, they don't like it when those come up because you know they've got those guys are really take well, care yeah, of the, of the I mean, look now. We, we can Back pull then, up some old photos of so us, much. and it, it's just it's just not flattering at all. But you know that's just how life is. But no, I'm sure. Tr- I think hasn't? they both they they I both mean, rocked a good hasn't? mullet too. So come on. <laughs> who hasn't? Who hasn't? Well, folks. 
Anything else, Dave? Let's let's do that. Anything no, I, else to add no, here? We're I think we're good. On I'm looking forward to uh, heading out to Sonoma next week, and we'll have a couple new uh, audio clips for uh, for people to listen into. Yeah, new podcast. We, we, we keep hinting that we're going to have a couple of different shows. This is only the first one, the EK and Debrief. There's a couple of different shows. We're going to kind of roll like ESPN did and, and come out with some different shows that are that are going to kind of have a different approach and a, and a different feel and all, of course, part of the lineup at the EKN Radio Network. David, thank you so much for, for hooking up with me here. It's going to be good. It's going to be a good weekend. You go enjoy some baseball. I'm heading to Bermuda for some karting. Those are like maybe, complete maybe opposites. Little rum. Little league baseball and, and Bermuda uh, karting. You know what? They are polar opposites on both ends of the spectrum. No doubt about it. Well, folks, thank you for joining us. This has been fun. We're uh, we're excited about this. We're having a good time with these uh, these podcasts. The the feedback that we got from the last one was really positive, and thank you so much. We we love it. We're excited about what we're going to do throughout the season, and of course, continuing to evolve the editorial package and the content that we bring at eCardingNews.com. On behalf of David Cole, this has been Rob Howden, another issue of the EKN Debrief. Thank you so much. We'll be back next week with more news.